Greetings both history fans and film fans. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at History and Film. It's a good way to know when new episodes drop or just see other interesting history or film tidbits. And if you have any other questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at simmons at tracknerds.com. Enjoy the show. Okay, as we get into the second half of season four, or at least our second half of our discussion of season four, because we'll still kind of get into the first half, and the show is kind of, what do you, it's almost like the show is an anthology in and of itself, with, or not an anthology, but just everything's so spread out, and... Like the Vikings were. It's just hard to keep track of. <laughs> well, hey, good call. And how it's always the debate of when to talk about which person. Yeah. And so, I did, I mean, because obviously, we, you know, we did talk about Rolo quite a bit last time, but... Because we're kind of nearing the end of his arc. And so I guess Ragnar is probably another one we could talk a little bit more about uh, this time. Although, again, he's he's legendary. So uh, we'll kind of see where that goes. So I did want to talk a little bit about Bjorn. And now we won't go a ton into Bjorn here. But I at least wanted to start giving him some initial treatment. Uh, like maybe we've done in the past seasons with with Ragnar and Rolo and because we we really haven't talked about Bjorn much at all right other than that he existed as a character in the show and that they maybe have shifted his parentage from uh Oslag to Ligertha in the show right but historically he's more attributed to Oslag even though Oslag and uh, Ragnar are, are legendary Bjorn is historical yeah and I think actually aren't all of the sons of Ragnar historically attributed to uh, Aslog as their mom? The famous ones, yes. I mean, at, at least like Ivar, Sigurd, Fitzirk, Uba, like they all... Yes, are... yes. All the ones we're going to talk about. I, I do think that the legendary Ragnar had a previous wife who was not Ligertha, who had he had kids with, but then those kids are not the famous kids. Right. But yes, the, the Ragnar sons that are famous are all, are all from Aslog. But again, <laughs> Ragnar and Aslog are legendary not historical right but then their sons but then their sons are historical right. so basically you're taking these the sons we know existed these people we know existed and then most of the sagas and chronicles or whatever say yeah their father was this guy probably maybe <laughs> well yeah and it's it's kind of like a it's it's like a chicken and the egg thing it's like did historians you know attribute them being sons of ragnar because their father was actually ragnar lothbrok or did they do all this cool stuff? And then when the historians wrote about it, they said, oh, and these are the sons of Ragnar. Like, they're the sons of this mythical figure. Because, like, if you, <laughs> in their genealogies too, like, if you go back far enough, it's like Odin is, is like, they're a descendant of Odin. Right. And and, that's, and the Greeks did the same kind of yeah. thing. So we're, you know, Alf, Alf, or, or uh, Alfred, <laughs> wrong, oh, close, we're going to get to that today. Alexander the Great was, you follow the same thing, you follow him up to Zeus, if you because they would claim to be descendants from the gods. Yeah. So I actually almost think that's more likely. It kind of fits with the show talking about, you know, the seers saying Ragnar's sons will be more famous than him. And you look at some of the sagas, there are the tales of Ragnar Lothbrok, but there's also the sagas of the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok. So I almost think it is kind of a, you had these great warriors all about the same time at a time when it was easy for storytellers to then attribute their parentage to another legend. Right. And just kind of, it'd be like if if England did the same thing with, oh yes, Alfred is the son of King Arthur. It'd almost be kind of like that. Yeah. If the timeline worked a little little better. And that's, that's something that I'm sure we've addressed on the show before, but it kind of bears repeating here. And 
history wasn't always told the way that we talk about history now, where it's like people and dates and facts and, you know, it's just a kind of dry news reporty telling of what happened. Back during these times, history was just as much entertainment as it was actually telling a historical record of events. Right, it was the campfire songs. Right, so that's why there's so much legend and stuff mixed in. Um, And also kind of related to that, but not exactly. One of the reasons that we think of the Vikings as these like bloodthirsty heathen savage warriors is because a lot of the stuff that we have written about them from that time is written by monks who were, number one, victims of a, lot, of a lot of what they were doing, and two, were Christian and wanted to, you know, emphasize a separation between the Christians and the pagans or the heathens. And so, you know, we, we talk a lot about history is written by the victors. History is also written by the people who can write. And at that time, it was uh, monks. So even though they were maybe not necessarily the victors in their encounters with Vikings, they were the ones that were able to write about it. And that's the accounts that we have. Right. And then the kings who they were under could preserve those records. Right. Right. Good call. So actually, I I think I actually might have messed up a little bit last time. Not completely. So like, we also don't know a bunch about the early point of uh rollo's life but bjorn bjorn is the one that kind of for sure appears on the record in this four-year window there's obviously a much more extensive record from that point on in rollo's life but bjorn is really only kind of this this four-year window where we know 100 percent bjorn ironside was here basically attacking paris in the 18 uh 1880s or whatever <laughs> i mean 880s i keep doing that that was the thing he's on the record and then the other exploits of Bjorn Ironside are almost like the legendary exploits of a historical figure. So we don't know a ton. And so in this season, we see him break away and not want to do what Ragnar's doing, not keep following what Ragnar's doing. And he's like, I want to do something new. And he goes down to the Mediterranean. That is another thing attributed to uh, Bjorn Ironside, that he was all over the place. Yes, it's so almost like... It almost seems unrealistic in the show. Like, how are these people a thousand years ago, twelve hundred years ago, going from England to France to the Mediterranean back? It's like they don't have time to try. No, no. like that is what Bjorn Ironside is credited with doing. That he did raid in all these places over his lifetime. And that's something too that is uh, that's not uh, just you know some saga written hundreds of years later. Like, there's sources from the places that he was raiding saying that like all these like big white dude showed up and started chopping people up yes yeah the the vikings did reach well into and now in the show they kind of show him going around and and he may have but i mean the vikings also reached like constantinople from the north like taking the rivers all the way down to the black sea caspian sea and all in there so here's what's interesting and i this is just on a youtube video it was youtube video from 2019 so i didn't have a chance to double check the source but I thought it was fascinating that they had this story in the video and didn't mention the TV series Vikings at all. So at one point, the story is that Bjorn Ironside and again, all his entourage, all these Viking ships, you know, kind of coming around into the Mediterranean, they had it in their mind that they want to they want to siege Rome. Just we, we kind of saw them going after Paris. Bjorn wants to go after Rome and they attack a big walled city 
just assuming it's Rome, I guess. It's it was actually a, sh- <laughs> a town called uh, either it depends on how old the source is or what the name of the city was at the time, but it's called like Luni or Luna. And so actually, they're actually besieging this city, <laughs> and they 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 think it's Rome at first anyway. And the way that he gets them to unlock the gates is they all pretend he dies and converted to Christianity on his no death, way. and is and is taken into the city. And Bjorn Ironside breaks out of the casket and runs out and opens the gates of the city so the Vikings can come in and take Luna. So if that anecdote is, again, we're not saying that happened. I'm saying it's quite possible that story Inspired. is actually an old story, yeah. maybe a thousand-year-old story about Bjorn Ironside. So the, show, the show didn't invent that, right. I guess is what I'm saying. Huh. With the asterisks of <laughs> the video I watched was made after that episode of Vikings. But it'd be really weird if they chose to just rip that off from the show for this YouTube video about Bjorn Ironside. It would make no sense. I'm just saying I haven't checked my sources as far as the sources of that video. But I did think that was fascinating huh. that yet another detail that the show probably actually didn't make up. They just borrowed from a different a different uh, anecdote. Another thing on Bjorn, and we'll get to the Great Heathen Army here in a second, but uh, the other thing is, I mean cutting ahead to the end of the series but you bjorn doesn't make it out of the series alive um and they kind of show him being set up in this uh i don't know what you would call that they kind of have him in in these rocks and stuff and we'll get to that later the only reason i wanted to mention it is that there is a old you know barrow you know kind of the the burial mound kind of thing in sweden that is credited with being and again you know the historical accuracy or if we can trust you know the claims and all that but it is currently believed by some at least to be the barrow of Bjorn Ironside and you can actually go visit mm. the 1200 year old barrow mount on the wikipedia page for Bjorn Ironside there's a pictorial picture of this barrow in Sweden that you could actually see starting as what we see in the show in season 6 if they kind of then just, if, you know, kind of built up dirt around that, it could have kind of just maybe evolve into something like that. Although I think what they built in the show would probably collapse. But I just thought it was interesting to see, as we start getting from the legendary Ragnar to his historical son, start to kind of see some of these, uh, some of these things. Um, and we'll talk about more about Bjorn later. I just wanted to give a little bit more Bjorn than we had had up to this point. So just a really quick Google search. There's an article from historydaily.org about Viking Bjorn Ironside and Hasting, who was with him, uh, who's another historical Viking figure. Yeah, one of his friends, yes. And it tells the same story where they Hasting and 50 of his cloaked men were followed inside, and he was baptized prior to the funeral. But then it said that Hasting is the one who jumps out of his coffin and commands the men to raid everything. So a slightly different story with a you know, slightly different character, but... It is the story of Luna and the Vikings, and then huh. take, and someone's jumping out of a coffin. Like it's close, huh. but that's I, and this is from this article was written in 2017. Okay, okay, that's just um. And then, uh, have you by chance seen Some Like It Hot? Yes. Okay, so spoiler alert for a 50 year old uh, comedy, but uh, uh, he's probably even 67 years old at this point. But uh, it, it makes me think of in uh, Some Like It Hot when the gangster jumps up out of the birthday cake and shoots all the other gangsters yeah. at the at the meeting there. Again, don't be mad if you haven't seen something like it hot. <laughs> um, although, watch it. My uh, my grandma's brother's in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's also really, really good. <laughs> no, it's actually a legit good movie. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Nothing to do with Vikings, however. <laughs> uh, this is also the season where we meet Harold Finehair. Yes. So he's another one too, where uh, I wanted you to kind of uh, look into him a little, a little more for us, but. I don't know to what I'll let you make the call on to what extent you go deep dive here or to what extent we save him for later episodes because he's so, another character who's in basically the rest of the series. I, I think we should talk about him now. Okay. So a, a little a little behind the scenes stuff. When Rich and I talk about these episodes beforehand, oftentimes we'll kind of divvy up research and each pick to focus on certain people. And so I was, you know, my assignment for this episode was Harold Finehair, as well as uh, Sigurd Snake in the Eye, who is actually, according to some sources, actually an ancestor of Harold Finehair. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, which I didn't know until I first looked into it. So that's, again, something where the timeline in the show is a little bit different, because uh, right, right. not only is Sigurd not a an ancestor of Harold Finehair, he's also like 25 years younger than him in the show. right right where in reality he was like you know a couple generations before but something that was uh i actually found interesting about harold finehair who is i guess i should say was thought to be the first king of norway the first king of of the norwegians prior to him basically the southern part of norway was controlled by the danes um actually a lot of that area was controlled by the danes but and this is actually interesting is that it's been within the last 20 years that his existence or at least the way he's been portrayed historically has been called into question. So like hmm. up until the 19th and 20th centuries, it was like, oh, yeah, historians are pretty sure that Harold Fairhair is a real guy who was the first king of Norway. And, you know, he had these descendants and he ruled from this time to this time. And it was like just within the last 20 years that sources, some sources have thought to say that maybe, maybe not. So there's, there's kind of like two, I guess, academic ways of thinking. One is that he's basically completely mythical and that it's actually, he's just a, basically a made up character similar to a Ragnar Lothbrok type where like okay Okay. at some point yeah there was somebody in early icelandic and norwegian history who was a ruler but that the the name is actually given because of harold hardrada and so they like oh harold yep that sounds good well he's harold oh interesting and then the other is that it's he's kind of a you know semi-legendary but is only loosely based on a king harold from that time, but wasn't actually Harold Finehair of legend. However, all that being said, King Harold Finehair is actually a big Norwegian nationalist pride figure, um, especially when they were in the process of breaking away from Sweden in the 19th and 20th, early 20th centuries, that the symbol of King Harold Fairhair, the first king of Norway, was kind of like you know, a George Washington or uh, a Trung Sisters type character. Oh, huh. Where he kind of symbolizes this Norwegian nationalism. Norwegian independence, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, um, and this is a, a note that directly relates to the show. Um, so he is the son of Halfdan the Black, 
who we see in the show is his brother. Right. So the half Dan in the show is based on uh, half Dan the Black. Not to be confused, though, with half Dan Ragnar's son. I was going to mention him later. Yeah. <laughs> who is a another half Dan who is not included in the show, but is a son of Ragnar Lothbrok, who led the great heathen army in Wessex with Uba and Ivar. Well, and I'll go ahead and mention it now then. So who may have actually been Hitzerk. Right. Yeah. So we don't have uh, Halfdan Ragnarsson, who even has the name Ragnarsson, which is saying he's the son of Ragnar Loth's book. Right. But if you look at like the page on like Hitzerk, it's like basically it's confusing why, well, Hitzerk's mentioned over here, but not over here. It, like It's almost like no one's ever seen Hitzerk and Harold Halfdan in the, or, uh, sorry, Halfdan uh, Ragnarsson in the same room at the same right. time. Maybe they're the same yeah. person. So it's actually a good chance that uh, Hitzerk is this half Dan Ragnarsson just because of the way the Chronicles right. it makes sense when you if you're gonna like trying to figure out the stories and piece it all together yes. it actually makes the most sense that his are just a nickname and and that's something something similar to with Sigurd so Sigurd is sometimes referred to as Sigurd snake in the eye other times as Sigurd Alslug's son right and then other times it's like oh so there's this guy Siegfried who is you know, in the same area at the same time that we know Sigurd was, but they don't call him Sigurd, but it's like he's royal and maybe, you know, and it like refers to a son of Ragnar, and it, but his name is Siegfried and not Sigurd. Right. It's like, well, either came out of nowhere or they're the same person. Right. right. Yeah. And that's, again, why a lot of, you know, studying this stuff is so complicated and confusing <laughs> is because there's like, they'll have multiple names for the same person or they'll call multiple people the same name and you're not really sure which right. one it is because it's not like they were coordinating a lot of these efforts you know like between guys writing stories well, yeah so i so i did want to mention then the, the other sense we'll talk more about we'll get to ivar later there's a lot to talk about on ivar we'll save him for next time or even the time after that talk a little bit about bjorn we'll talk more about uh, him Hitzerk, i kind of want to talk a little bit now which i kind of already did other than it's kind of a whole big thing if you go into uh, him actually being this other guy, but let's ha- have you talk about uh, Sigurd's snake in the eye, just because he doesn't make it out of the season yeah. alive. The, in the sh- in the show, of course, that's not accurate right. to the actual guy, and he is uh, also one that there's not not a ton known about for sure historically. But there was, er, there is in you know in this early uh, Viking lore and the sagas, there is a Sigurd snake in the eye who is a son of Ragnar and Aslog. He's called Seeger Snake in the Eye because, like in the show, he has this, like, mark in his eye. And I guess there's some of the stories say that it looked like an Ouroboros, which is the the snake eating its own tail. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's why they call it, or that's why they called him uh, Seeger Snake in the Eye. But like with Fitzurk and Uba and Hafdan Ragnarsson, he was one of the leaders of the Great Heathen Army that invaded the the kingdoms of what is now England. Although it doesn't look like there's as much on him as there is about like Uba and Ivar. But he does have a, a lot of the stuff that is like when you're researching him, stuff that they talk about is not necessarily stuff that he did. I mean, they, they talk about the great heathen army and stuff, but it's like his descendants Mm. So, like, uh, one of them, like I mentioned before, Harold Fairhair is sometimes attributed as one of his descendants. And another one that was actually 
I had not heard of before. Um, well, I had heard of this person, but I, not the connection to Sigurd. But Harold Bluetooth. So Harold Gormson is the first king, or he he united Denmark, right? Um, and the cognomen Bluetooth is the reason that Bluetooth technology is called Bluetooth, and it's the, also the logo for Bluetooth. It looks kind of like a B, but like with the little stem sticking off the back. That is a combination of the runes for for H and B, right? Harold Bluetooth for his name for H and B, yeah, for Harold Harold Bluetooth. Or it might, or it might be blue and it might be B and T. It might be the Bluetooth. I forget it's, if it's H and B or B and T. H and B. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so H the the combination of the H and the B runes are the uh, logo for Bluetooth, and it's named after this Danish king because the technology I. I'm guessing has some connection to Denmark. I didn't look at that specifically, but no, I, I think it might. I think it might have. It might have been Danish inventors. Okay. So they, I think it's a Danish gotcha. technology. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that is kind of what I would have shifted in here too. Is that the uh, with the great heathen army? So that is kind of another thing in the show that's based on an actual event. You kind of get to where the Vikings are first kind of showing up in England in these smaller numbers and these you know just kind of these raiding parties and causing problems and still winning battles and stuff, but it's it's nothing necessarily significant if you're the English, but in real life and in the show, you get this giant collaboration, which was kind of a thing the Vikings weren't known for. The, the raiding parties was their thing. The idea that a whole bunch of Vikings would get together and they could become this massive assaulting party was uh, kind of unprecedented. It makes me think of like the... Uh, the Ghost in the Darkness, where the two male lions are hunting together, which is like not a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a good movie. It's, I don't, I'm curious if it holds up, but I, I, I have always liked it in the past when I've seen You're, it. You know what? It has been a while since I've seen it, but I remember liking it when I watched it. <laughs> okay, okay. You went into battle with an untested weapon. <laughs> so now in the show, of course, it doesn't look like it takes you know that much time, but the Great Heathen Army was basically marauding around England for 13 years yeah. from roughly 865 to 878. And it actually does overlap with the reign of Alfred the Great, but not at the beginning part of it. The beginning part of the Great Heathen Army would have been his brothers, plural, because again, the show, we just get the one right. uh, who precedes him. But there was really like, what, four or five other other. Uh, sons I think there's of, five. Of oh, oh, sorry. Never mind. I thought we were talking about sons. He of is the Ragnar- fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So again, the show definitely plays the timeline and, and all those kinds of things. But yes, there there was this great heathen army just kind of going all over the place. You know, they conquer Northumbria and then they decide they're bored with that and head south. And I think they you know, take over Mercia and make a deal to leave Northumbria alone. It's again, it's complicated. It was over a decade. And it is kind of credited that these these uh, sons of Ragnar Lothbrok were kind of behind it. And it, it is, in the show, they kind of have it be this, you know, revenge for Ragnar's death, right? Doesn't it kind of time out with that, I guess, which we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, it's basically there in the show, Eckbert captures Ragnar and then trades him to King Ayla, who executes him. And then all of the sons of Ragnar then form the great heathen army to basically get revenge on Eckbert and Ayla. Right. But another thing that even if it didn't happen, the writers of the show didn't invent. Right. That the idea that the Great Heathen Army was revenge for the death of Ragnar Lothbrok is another one of those thousand-year-old stories. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's what I always kind of dug. This is kind of the, the highlight of that for me when I was... I basically stopped reading Wikipedia while watching the show because I realized the show was giving 
or sorry, Wikipedia would give you spoilers for the show. That's how how little was, well, I mean, a lot was made up, but how much stuff was not right. made up was so kind of impressive. Even if they weren't faithful to the timeline necessarily, like when the events were taking place, the main scope of like the legends, they were very faithful to. Yeah, and, and the one I just, it, for example, so when, again, Ragnar is turned over to King Ayla and is executed, he's dropped into a pit of snakes. Yep. Because that's the thousand-year-old story. Right. That King Ayla executed Ragnar Lothbrok by dropping him into a pit of snakes. Yeah, and the... And the line, the how the little piggies will squeal when they, what is it? Yeah, how the little piggies would grunt if they knew how the old boar suffered. Is that quote from an old quote, or what do you mean? This says, according to traditional accounts, Ragnar is reputed to have exclaimed as he was dying, how the young pigs would grunt if they knew what the old boar suffers. Sigurd and his siblings were reportedly informed of their father's fate by an envoy from Ayla. Oh, so the show even got the purported last words right? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's, that's what it looks like, yeah. And again, it's, it's such an old story. Like I'm, I'm looking at right now from the Wikipedia page. It's an 1830 sketch of King Ayla watching as Ragnar is killed by the yeah. snakes. Like, which it's, it's an old story, and it's kind of cool in the show too because they tie in that kind of like spooky spiritual stuff. Like when Ragnar dies, and they have basically all of them just know even though they're like thousands of miles away obi-wan kenobi style yeah Yeah. yeah. and like bjorn is in like spain or something right and he hears ragnar say you know how the little piggies will squeal when they hear how the old boar suffered and it's like whoa (laughs) right they're about to they're about to mess up some englishmen (laughs) (laughs) no that that was uh a, a good a good ending to Ragnar. You could definitely make the argument that after Ragnar exits the show, it's it's not as good. But I think it was a good way for him, a fitting way for him to go out. And I don't think you want to keep him in the show any longer. I, I think maybe the show could have ended after four seasons, but that's just I me. really liked Ragnar, but I will talk about this more. Okay. <laughs> but I really liked Ragnar in the show, and I was kind of afraid that it was maybe going to jump the shark after his death. But I think Ivar really stepped up and I mean, cause he is kind of, there's not really a main character, but he okay. is kind of the focus of the last two seasons. Yeah. You could argue it's Ivar after uh, Ragnar. I mean, he definitely has the whole like rise and fall and redemption arc right. uh, over the course of the, the rest of the show. And they set it up with him being the only son that goes with Ragnar yeah. over to England while the rest go with right. Bjorn to the Mediterranean so they yeah. kind of set up that Ivar is his potential quote-unquote heir uh, within the show. Yeah, Alex Anderson's performance as Ivar is really good, really creepy, really unsettling. He is like, you know, that kind of like crazed, almost kind of like Norman Bates, but in a more likable way thing going on. Where, uh, But I, I think that he really, uh, he really brought it in the last two seasons. So I was happy to see that, and I felt relieved because I was like, oh, man, they're killing Ragnar. Like, I don't know if anyone else is going to be able to carry the show. Okay, but he he did a good job. Wait, we'll, we'll we'll get to that more when we talk about Ivar uh, uh, yes. next time or yeah. or something right here too. Because uh, I'll, I'll just say that yeah, I, I I thought he was over the top and overacting, and I actually didn't oh, like I, Ivar. But I liked that though. I thought that <laughs> okay, that was sorry. Fun. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so then when they they do finally, then the the boys or you know, the great heathen army sweeps through and captures King Ayla and puts him to death with the blood eagle, which again. 
is the thousand year old yes. story of how King Ayla died, that he was bloody eagled by the sons of Ragnar Lothbrook. So yes, bloody eagled by Vikings. Again, I just yep. I can't get over that. I don't think the show overall is that great of a show, but little things like that is you know, Chef's Kiss. Yes. Like I love <laughs> that they incorporate that stuff in the way that they do. Absolutely. It's <laughs> so cool. Although I I did see that like the there's like some historians think that maybe it didn't actually happen that way or like maybe he was killed in battle and like oh, he well, died yeah, yeah. face down and so like the uh you know the scavenging animals like ate his back first and so that's why people think that he was blood eagled but maybe he actually wasn't but hmm. either way the legend is that he was blood eagled by the viking by the sons of Ragnar Lothbrok right we're not saying the show got it right we're saying the show didn't invent it those are two different right. things yes yeah <laughs> So there were several things I realized as we were researching for season four here that we actually had talked about with season three. So hopefully no one's like following the show along with us and like listening to us talk about season three after they watch season three and before they watch season four. (laughs) Because if that's you, I apologize. We talked about a lot of season four stuff in our episodes on season three. But uh, so this is a season where Alfred does go on that pilgrimage to Rome. And I was all proud of myself for like, oh, okay, I'm going to see if I can figure out what Pope that was. And I was like Googling Alfred and then looking at the list of Popes. And I was like, oh, okay, it would have been Pope Leo IV. And then I look back on the Wikipedia page for season four, four Vikings and it has, you know, so-and-so actor playing Pope Leo IV. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I can just look there. <laughs> and he's, he's not, uh, I couldn't see anything that made him super significant. I was just kind of curious if that was like a Pope who went on to do this or that, but nothing really stood out he was he was just the pope at the time and would have been the pope who could have met a historical alfred the great at the time so he was credited correctly i guess you could say in the show vikings but i don't really have much else to add do you find anything on when they go down to spain so it it looks like the raid in the show is a reference to yeah is a reference to the viking raid on ooh i don't even know is is Bili, is Bilia? Uh, it's present-day Seville, okay. uh, which is in Spain. Uh, it took place in 844. And it says that the Viking fleet was raiding the coast of Spain and Portugal. It actually ended in a defeat of the Vikings, and Seville was retaken. So they actually it wasn't didn't really necessarily go how it goes in the show. And uh, this is just the, you know, a famous Viking raid in Spain. It could have been portraying any number of Viking raids Okay, in right, the Iberian right. Peninsula that were taking place at that time. but um, And in the show, they have Rolo tag along with them just kind of for fun, but there's no reason to think that after he's... There's no way. There's no way. After yeah. he shifted yeah. loyalties and became... He started killing Vikings to protect uh, France. Like, right. There's just no way that that would have happened, in my opinion. Almost to the point where, like, in the show, it's I don't even think it's really that believable. It felt like, wrong. That felt like a jump the shark moment. Yeah, It was like, okay, like, the second Rolo gets on that boat, Bjorn's gonna chop his head off. Right. Like, no question. That felt like a contractual obligation to the actor. And they, and they even, like, they keel haul him, but, like, right. that's it. And they, they let him live, and I'm like, okay, this is... Like this, this is off. This is wrong. Right, it felt off. I agree. Like he has, so Bjorn is on that boat, and Floki's on that boat, and neither one of them kill Rolo. I don't buy it. <laughs> and you argue, hey, you know, it's, they have a they have a history of affection there, but yeah, it's Rolo had crossed the Rubicon, so to speak, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it also it it made uh, Floki's character less consistent because like he murders Ethelstan. 
based on this unfounded belief that he's corrupting the mind of Ragnar, but then he lets Rolo live, even though Rolo's killed, like, hundreds of his own people. And now Christian. Right, and is now Christian, and, like, and is, you know, basically Frankish. Like, that was, like, super, I was like, Floki would be chomping at the bit to kill him. Yes. And has every reason to, but, you know, for some reason they were like, oh, well, we need him to make sure that we have safe passage it's like no that's like in history they they actually did it and the reason they didn't need safe passage is because they just raided every town along the coast on the way (sighs) as they made their way around yeah my my guess is just that that actor was getting paid for an x number of episodes like that's the only thing that makes sense to me yeah when he won episode after season four is all or or it's like well we need to you know we need to remind the audience that rillo's still around so that we can have him show up in this later episode and it's not like a whole season and a half that we just go without seeing rollo yeah fair i don't know but uh but of course it's kind of it's kind of that anyway but yeah that's true no i actually do think that's kind of a neat way to write out a character though ultimately because this is basically the close for all intents and purposes he does come visit you know scandinavia one more time here for reasons but Instead of killing off a major character, you just have him move on to greener pastures. Right. And there's no reason for the characters in the show to go back to Normandy and no reason for the show to dwell on what Rolo's doing because it's not he's not a Viking anymore. Right. The show's called Vikings and that's not him anymore. Right. So I think it's a, probably a good way to write, write him out of the show. Okay, so yes, thanks for listening and we will continue with season five of Vikings next time. Yeah.